Hello, and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast. We're dedicated to chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. If it's your first time tuning in, welcome along. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Elphick. And I'm Connor Thompson. You sure are. This week, we're going to hit up September 10th through 16th in 1991. Because, you know, that's a that's a year in the 90s. It really is. September 10th. <laughs> this is the worst way. Starting <laughs> starting yesterday, though, September 9th to the 13th, the 20th anniversary week of The Price is Right is celebrated on CBS. That's yep. pretty good. I miss Bob Barker. Yeah, Bob Barker. Spay and neuter your pets. Spay and neuter those pets. Seriously, though, my neighborhood has a lot of feral cats. A lot of feral cats. Like many, though, actually. Also, on this day. Tears and Pizza cap a 3,414-mile walk to encourage literacy. A woman who could barely read until she was 42 years old limped up to the Library of Congress and burst into tears at the end of a 3,414-mile walk across the United States to promote adult literacy. Judy Kimball, 47, of Phoenix, Arizona, was greeted by John Y. Cole, director of the Library's Center for the Book, which uses private donations to foster public interest in book reading as opposed to other kinds of reading, also known as non-book reading. Like uh, psychic readings. That's correct, tarot card readings. Yeah. Cole gave her a bouquet of long-stemmed red roses, and at her request, a delivery man was waiting with a box of pizza for breakfast. At midday, she met First Lady Barbara Bush, a prominent lobbyist for reading and literacy, at a luncheon sponsored by the National Adult Literacy Congress. Kimball received a high school diploma and started a successful janitorial services company with 125 employees, even though she was unable to read or write above the second grade level. At 42, she began working with a tutor from the Maricopa County, uh, Arizona, chapter of Literacy Volunteers of America, a nonprofit organization that co-sponsored the walk. Two years later, she was reading at an 11th grade level and became a leading public advocate for adult literacy. That's a really nice feel-good story. It is. Also, pizza, I feel like, I don't know, that that makes this story very 90s, the fact that she got pizza at the end of the walk. So good. Also, speaking of adult literacy, quick shout out to Sir Davos Seaworth, the Onion Knight. I love that. (laughs) Moving on to September 11th. The Soviet Union announces plans to withdraw Soviet military and economic aid to Cuba. The Continental Express Flight 2574, operated by Brit Airways, crashes near Eagle Lake, Texas, while on approach to George Bush International Airport in Houston, Texas, killing all 14 people on board. That's right, on September 11th, a plane crashed on approach to George Bush Airport. Moving on to September 12th, Zapped Duck. Crisp, not tough. Duck has a tough reputation. While people love to order it at restaurants, they rarely cook it at home. It's too dry, some complain, or it's too greasy, or too something else. Whatever the reason, everyone has an excuse for not cooking duck at home. But the combination of microwave cooking and conventional cooking seems to make a better duck. It stays moist and doesn't get greasy. It's crisp on the outside, but not tough. And with a whole duck, you can save the giblets and make a oh, savory geez. stock uh, that can be used... To- <laughs> 
<laughs> to make a tasty duck sauce. So I started giggling while reading the word giblets and pronounced it giblets, but we're moving on from that. Yeah. The article then goes on to describe the recipe and method of microwaving a duck. This is what food was in the 90s. Yeah. Foodies. Um, one or okay, you either you or Italia or both of you are pretty anti-microwave. Italia is anti-microwave, and I don't understand it. How do you feel about microwaving a duck? She looks incredulous she looks... right now. No, I'm anti-microwave. She fucking loves those things. I hate them. Okay, you hate microwaves? That's correct. I don't correct. Really know how to use one. Yeah, whatever. No one knows how to use a microwave. It's over 9,000. They're mystery boxes. Microwaves have their time and they have their place. I, I think after the 90s, even by the 90s, we had moved on from microwaving literally everything. And now they're good for like, you know, Nothing. heating up some shit. They, oh. they, they have their uses. Okay. I like having one even if I don't use it much. Anyway, that's about it for microwaving a duck. Um, more the answer on, is don't. More on that later. Really? No. Do we have more on microwaving <laughs> ducks in here? No, but what if we, like, we should microwave a duck? I don't know. Yeah, no, we'll make a video. Stuck in the 90s presents microwaving a duck. What does this have to do with the 90s? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, DuckTales is pretty big then. Ooh. I got nothing else. September 13th, Shoney. 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 Fuck. Shonies? They were just watching Rick and Morty. Is that what that is? Let's do that again. September 13th. Sony shows the Data Discman. The Sony Corporation yesterday formally introduced its handheld information computer, the Data Discman. The device, which will cost $550 and will be available in stores in November, plays small compact discs capable of containing the equivalent of 100,000 pages of text. That's... Probably not that big. Three discs, including encyclopedias and a foreign language translator, will be, doesn't say which language, will be included with the computer. More than 20 other titles, including a single disc containing the National Yellow Pages directory, and the official airline guide flight schedule, huh, will also be available. The guide provide, will provide travelers with a monthly update for $149 a year. This is the shit that we came up with before the internet. It Which, was a struggle. Clearly, it was a struggle. Yeah, uh, I saw a picture of this thing. It looks kind of like, sort of like a Game Boy Advance SP, like the clamshell one. Oh, okay. If it were longer and thicker. Weird. Yeah. Imagine just like a CD, like uh, an external CD drive for a computer with like another one on top of it and presumably a hinge. That's strange. Yeah. All right, let's get it. Oh, this is super 90s. September 14th. Yeah. The TV show Super Mario World debuted on NBC. It's the third animated series based on the Mario video game series, uh, with the two others being the Super Mario Bros. Super Show and the Adventures of Super Mario Bros. 3. The series centers on Mario, Luigi, and Princess Toadstool now living in Dinosaur Land, sometimes also called Dinosaur World, with Yoshi, who's depicted on the show as a curious childlike dinosaur with a large appetite and several phobias. King Koopa, otherwise known as Bowser, and the Koopalings were also around, having followed the Super Mario Bros. and Princess 2 Dinosaur Land. So there are definitely differences between the series and the game. Uh, the series takes place in Dinosaur World rather than in Dinosaur Land, where Yoshi lives with a pre-adolescent caveman named Ugtar? Sure. That's my best guess. Ugtar. Yeah. In addition, Yoshi's Island is populated predominantly with cavemen instead of Yoshi's. 
Several names were changed in the game as well. The Forest of Illusion was called the Enchanted Forest, and the Vanilla Dome was referred to as the Lava Pits. Lava Vanilla, actually no. Vanilla, yeah. yeah. The Vanilla Dome was, I like the music in the Vanilla Dome. The Vanilla Dome sounds like a condom for white people. I did like the music, though. Furthermore, enemies featured in the game were rarely called by their in-game names on the show. Bowser was called King Koopa <laughs> instead of Bowser. Uh, also, the Koopas are called Troopas, and Charging Chucks are called Koopa Football Players. Which is what they were. Yeah, not creative, though. Yeah, except for the, they were the baseball ones. You couldn't really call them a football player. Fuck, those baseballs really tripped you up. Like, I hated those. Oh, yeah. No, they were shit. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Ooh, September 15th. This is fitting for me to read, probably. 25 on TV. When viewers last saw the Enterprise, Worf was torn between staying with Starfleet or joining his people in a civil war in Klingon. On on the Klingon home? With the Klingons? Weird no, wording there. It's not specific. The suspense resumes on Saturday, September 28th at 7 p.m. with the season premiere of Star Trek The Next Generation. The episode... This is a New York Times article, by the way. Weird. Yeah. The episode is part of a day-long 25th anniversary marathon in New York City. The programming will be shown on Channel 11. Schedules vary elsewhere in the country. Check your local guide for details. Ooh. At 9 a.m., Channel 11 will begin showing the 10 most popular episodes of the original series. At 8 p.m., there will be a two-hour special featuring cast members from both series and clips from Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. I liked that movie. That it was, was a pretty good one. It was. It was. I might be my favorite Star Trek. Might be my favorite original Star Trek movie. I think September sixteenth, Judge Gerhard Gesell of the United States District Court for the District of Columbia issues a ruling clearing Colonel Oliver North of all charges brought against him in the Iran Contra affair. That was a big fucking deal. Yeah, the fu- I I don't know much about. I just know like I remember hearing the name Oliver North permeate the various pop culture things throughout the '90s. Uh, one which I'm going to read to you right now. Do you remember the Simpsons episode Bart Gets Famous? Yeah, with the I didn't do it. Uh, when they get the biography of of the the Bart Simpson biography, this biography about Bart came out awfully quickly. It's not even about him. Inside, it's mostly about Ross Perot, and the last two chapters are excerpts from the Oliver North trial. Yeah, this was a huge thing. Yeah. Also, I didn't do it. One final note just about the month overall. On the 17th, several new countries joined the United Nations, some that you've even heard of, like Estonia, Latvia, South Korea, and North Korea. That is correct. North Korea became a United Nations member country. Yes. North Korea Best is Korea. in the UN. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Best Korea. All right. R slash Pyongyang. You are now uh, you are now a moderator <laughs> and banned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the best Korea got you promoted. The laughter got you de- uh, got you banned. Damn, I was so close. Let's uh, let's talk about some movies. Let's talk about some music. That's because we are going to now move on to movies and music. So the best movie in the box office right now is Terminator Two. Yeah, without a doubt, T Two Judgment Day. Holy shit. If there was ever a movie about a fucking Terminator terminating and another Terminator not terminating, this would be it. That's a great opening line. I know. I really, I, I'm, I should be like uh, one of those people who pitches movies to executives. Okay, so just a little bit of cool trivia about T2. 
Production took so long for this movie that Edward Furlong visibly aged during the shoot. He's clearly much younger in the desert, for instance, than in other scenes. Again, this took so goddamn long that his voice began to break and he had to be pitched (laughs) to one level in post-production. That's really funny. Like they just blame it on its residual effects of time travel. Yeah, it's, right. Uh, it fucks with it's it's a it fucks with your hormones. It's a hormonal it makes thing. You, it makes you look a little older one day, a little younger next. That's why you you gotta stay away from these time traveling Terminators. Haven't you heard about these weird time traveling mustaches? Yeah. Um. Okay. So until Mad Max Fury Road, which came out in 2015, this was the only sequel to win an Academy Award when the previous installment did not receive a nomination. That's so this, intense, right? Yeah, also, I mean, like, in, in a way, I think T2 probably still holds that distinction because Fury Road is more of a remake or a reimagining, not so much a sequel, I think. No, it, yeah. it's not. Um, here's the most 90s piece of trivia. So in the audio commentary for the movie, James Cameron said that not only was the biker bar scene filmed across the street from where LAPD officers beat up Rodney King, but that they were filming the night that it happened. Holy fuck. How fucked up is that? That is not where i'd want to be in 1991 okay a couple more so linda hamilton learned to pick locks for the scene in the mental hospital where she does precisely that with a paperclip. so that was real that that was uh, not staged that's some good shit right that I, I i really like to know little things like that okay here's here's the last one we'll close it here okay given arnold schwarzenegger's 15 million dollar salary and his total of 700 words of dialogue he was paid twenty one thousand four hundred and twenty nine dollars per word so hasta la vista baby, baby cost eighty five thousand seven hundred and sixteen dollars jesus i'll be back how much is that about twenty one thousand four hundred and twenty nine dollars less yeah less yeah that's I mean, pretty good though. Worth it. I that think. is. Oh, oh yeah, worth every penny. You couldn't not have Schwarzenegger in that. It just it wouldn't have been the same. Like Robert Patrick was a great as the T one thousand, but just because I don't know, just having Schwarzenegger as the Terminator just injected with this personality from the reprogramming and well, do you even call it personality or is it like a lack of personality that makes him so personable? Yes. 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 My man. <laughs> oh God. Okay, so let's move on to the RPM 100. Uh, we don't want to go through all of these bands, but it's rather rough this week. it's it's pretty shitty. But maybe we'll just pick out a few who are actually still popular. Yeah, I think there's a few of these artists. It's well, this was 1991. This was 26 years ago. Correct. All right, that's math. Holy shit. So like going through the list. Is Metallica still a thing? Yeah, I think Metallica counts as still a thing. Yeah, they're at number three this week. Tom Petty's definitely still a thing. Like yeah. we saw him headline Bonnaroo a couple years ago. Okay, yeah. Uh, ooh. Obviously, Michael, Michael Bolton. Bolton. Michael Bolton is still... I mean, if anything, he's in a way more popular with... At least the, with the lonely, younger people. Yeah, the Lonely Island thing, that was a few, that was a few years ago, but still... Michael Bolton is just an unforgettable name, an unforgettable person. For better or worse, Paul Abdul is still popular, not for her singing career, more for her American Idol appearance. Yeah, that's that's basically what I really knew her as. I didn't know her as Paul Abdul, the singer. It was Paul Abdul, she was a singer, now she's on American Idol. Um, Lenny Kravitz? That guy's still here. He was in the games he was in the hunger games yeah i actually loved him in the hunger games he was real good he was really good shit he was actually good in that have you ever still decently famous oh just one more thing on lenny kravitz have you ever seen uh, it was like the handsome handsome men club 
It was like a nine-minute skit that Jimmy Kimmel did no. on his show. Lenny Kravitz is in that. I'll show it to you after. It is, it is hilarious. Yeah. Number 22 on this list um, of just albums this week, the Tragically Hip uh, were on it. And Tra- yeah, the Tragically Hip are still a thing. Yeah, they are probably as big as they've ever been. Um, for unfortunate for, reasons. Yeah, for very unfortunate reasons. Uh, moving down. Uh, no, you're the ooh, next. No one cares ooh, about them anymore. Last, last one. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Uh, aren't they touring again, though? Wasn't they? that going to become a thing? Like oh, they were I think touring? you're right. I think, didn't they do a couple music? Wait, wasn't it just DJ Jazzy Jeff, though? I think so. I think it might have just been DJ Jazzy Jeff. I think the 90s were a time when Will Smith, a.k.a. the Fresh Prince, became... I would say almost infinitely more well-known than DJ Jazzy Jeff. Now I think there's probably an evening out. Will Smith is, he's doing less movies. They're not as well rated. I am dying for a Will Smith hit, by the way. Like, I fucking need that. I need a hit. I need a hit of Will Smith right in my veins. Pump it into my veins. Give me some fucking box office gold, Will Smith. I need a fucking hit from you. We want it so bad. So as, bad. But as we do recognize ourselves once TJ more. Jazzy Jeff is, he's, he's rebounding a bit. We're millennials. We know yes. it. Um, okay. One, actually, one last one I want to mention because okay. she just came up very recently. Cher oh. is on this list. And she tweeted out. This was on September 5th, 2017. Mere days ago. She tweeted, those who can must take a dreamer into their home and protect them. I'm ready to do this and others in my business will do the same. Sanctuary. Minutes later, someone named Brenda responded, Sure you will, Cher. I'll believe it when I see it. And Cher fired back, Then keep your eyes open, bitch. Fuck. And that's... You got fucking laid out by Cher, son. That is amazing. Cher on fuego. Yeah. Cher's a pretty great tweeter. Cher's the fucking shit. Shout out to Cher. Shout out to Cher. Shout out... Oh my god. Please tell me. Tell me that she is back. In Will and Grace. I need it. I need that in my life one Are more time. Are you back Will and Grace? Yeah. Oh, shit. How did I've you not? I don't know. I don't know how I missed that. That's a whole big thing. Fuck. Oh, I'm very excited. I'm very disappointed to say this, but one more thing I do want to mention. Mariah okay. Carey's also on this list. She womp, fucked womp. up the, the thing a while ago. Yeah, fuck But her. Cher. How about Cher? Cher's so good. Yeah. So that was a little bit of 90s news now. Cher's great. Yeah, Cher is great. Like and share that on social media. Oh, I get it. Ah. Wait, does she use that, you think? Um, I, no, I don't think I she think does, but she that. should. She's she's better than us. Ah, uh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Will and Grace is coming back. That's some nineties news now. Nice. Also, the Magic School Bus trailer, which we actually refrained from discussing prior to the podcast, just to have this conversation au naturel. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. Okay. I'm nervous. I don't I... like the Lin Manuel Miranda theme song. That's Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, I think so, isn't it? Isn't it? Anybody? I also really just kind of like Miranda. Um, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. There's there's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. What I'm really trying to focus on is the only part that really matters. It doesn't matter what any of us think. That's true. What matters is that kids like it and it's educational. Yep. That everything else aside, if it can inspire people in the same way that it inspired us when we were kids, just to you know, it really gave me. A love of science and knowledge and, you know, take chances, make mistakes, get messy. Those are the things that need to be in this show to make it successful. 
Doesn't matter that Lily Tomlin is passing over the keys to the Kate McKinnon. Literally, though, like in the show, passing the keys. Like, I like that. That's a nice I did like that. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Here's here's one thing that does get to me. Again, this is, we're just going to bookend it with all it needs to do is be good and educational so kids like it. But. But. Okay, so the Frizz, she's older. She's maybe moving on a little bit. No way. So she's passing on the keys to the next generation, to her younger sister who's ready to take on the bus. Yep. The kids are the same. Is Liz dead? Or is Liz it, is there. Liz is there. But is it a, it's a new Liz, right? It has to be. It's not. I don't think it's a new Liz. I mean, it's, it, the bus. It's the same Liz. Well, well, it's the same bus, but it's not no, a magical I mean, lizard. No, I mean, Liz is immortal. Okay. Well, yeah. It's not my show. Yeah. But evidently the kids are too. Because it's the same. It's the same kids. kids. I would have liked this a little more if they chose a different. If they just had a different group of kids, you can keep keep the same characteristics, move them around a little bit. Different names, different people, different ethnic origins. Well, what if they were all clearly the same kids and had the same names, but swapped haircuts and you know, races? (laughs) (laughs) What if Arnold was black? What if Phoebe? I don't remember which one Phoebe was. Did any? None of them had. A physical disability. No. Yeah, someone's got a... Someone's got to lose a leg. Sorry, kids. Yeah. Who? Who's it going to be? Mm. Next week on the podcast, we decide live on the air which Magic School Bus kid loses a leg. Is this very inappropriate? Yeah, for sure. I've already done it, though. It's Ralphie. All right. That's why he gets his attitude. Ooh, okay. No, yeah. Ralphie could handle it. Ralphie... That's what I mean. He's yeah, strong. Ra- yeah, He's Ralphie, strong. he can pull through. He could make it in that... He would rock that wheelchair. He would. He would have an R on the back of it like his hat. I love it. Yeah. Sorry, Ralphie. Sorry, Ralphie, and sorry, Magic School Bus. Ugh. Magic School Bus. Fuck, I love the Magic School It's a bus. great show. So just um, be educational, inspire kids, that's all you need to do, but I'll still check it out. We apologize in advance for the holiday nature of what we're about to discuss, as we recognize it is not yet Halloween, but we are bringing you a piece of 90s news now that concerns Heavy Sigh Christmas. Also a movie that came out in the 80s, but fuck it, it's the 90s. Close enough. Who cares? It's it's a part of our childhood. There's a goddamn Die Hard Christmas book. I didn't know about this until you posted it. Oh, I'm yeah? I'm very excited. It, I, I saw it on, uh, I think maybe on Reddit the other day. I think I'm going to buy it. I might buy it, too. For myself. So, um, for those of you not looking at the picture that we're looking at right now, (laughs) Die Hard has been reimagined as a children's-style book. Um, And, you know, me and Connor, we know a thing or two about taking something very appropriate and reimagining it as kind of a different style. We made a coloring book full of dicks. It's called Cockadoodles. Someone from the Netherlands just bought one. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> literally found out about that like an do we hour have ago any, do we have any new listeners like ha- that have tuned in since oh, we the last time do. we mentioned that that was seriously a thing we we, we raised some money on kickstarter or indiegogo self-plug we made a coloring book full of penises this is not a joke it's 32 pages it's called cockadoodles uh yeah we we crowdfunded over seven thousand dollars on on indiegogo yeah, uh, we got a bunch of like student newspapers and stuff to write a story about us. The the CBC wrote a <laughs> wrote a story about us that got shared all over Canada. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So if you're interested in a book full of dicks, hit us, hit us up. up now. If you're interested this Christmas also in a children's style book based off of the hit movie Die Hard, I love it. That's what we're gonna talk about. Uh, so it's been reimagined. It looks really good. Um, 
if you click on one of the pages, there's actually some words and, and stuff in there. Right. It's not the doesn't look like it's the best written thing out there. Like it seems like it wasn't I don't know. Yeah, it's adhering. I see, I a little, see what you mean. It's, it's definitely it, a child's book. Well, it's adhering to I don't know classic Christmas rhymes and and things that have been done before. There's definitely, the art style is amazing though. Yeah, and like they didn't pull punches. Like there's a man with bullet holes in him and blood. Like this is real. Yeah, there are some really good lines in here. I'm gonna read uh one thing. John McClane missed his wife. Things just weren't the same since Holly had moved west and changed her last name. I love it. He tried to win her back, but still she said no, while unbeknownst to them, there was trouble below. It looks good. Okay, so what we should do is we should buy this and read it on the podcast. Yeah, why not? We'll read you a book. Okay, uh, let's move on to our 90s spotlight. Uh, But first, I would like to ask, so I wrote in here, don't worry, I've got this covered. There was nothing in this spot. And then I checked like 10 minutes later. And below that, Chris had typed in the clitoris. So I'd like to ask what that's about, actually. To which I responded, uh, Mulva? With a question mark? All right, now i got to commit to this. See, yeah. The clitoris was a mystery in the 1990s. Wow. It was something that it, it baffled scientists. It baffled humanity, really. Is it even real? I mean, this is probably from my view as anything from a one-and-a-half-year-old to like an 11 and a half year old so <laughs> that did not help i didn't really <laughs> no go on then. i didn't know a lot yeah but i mean there were things like remember south park stan find the clitoris and um, that was a thing more so in 90s pop culture exactly i i think i feel like there was something about the impossibility the of the female body in the 1990s that's kind of just laughable now like well because because we have the internet. We have the internet. We're also adults now. Spoiler alert, we've kissed girls, which I think is a good segue into uh into what you actually have to say, Connor. So for which this is far more important. For this 90s spotlight, I would like to discuss what must have been the enormous, tremendous difficulty of purchasing engagement rings in the 1990s. I don't know how the fuck you guys did it, frankly. So, spoiler alert. Tally and I are getting married. Spoiler Ooh. alert again. That bitch needs a ring, apparently. That's... I don't know how else to word it. I don't. She needs a ring. And I have to go find it. So I'm, I'm online. I'm looking at Etsy. Also, if any of you are fucking smarter than I am, make a goddamn website where you can sort rings by ring size. Because I'm not going to buy a size 8 ring for a size 4 finger. Let's move on from that for a second, though. So I have a pretty good idea of what I want to get her. Like, you know, I put some thought into it. I, you know, this is this is my first rodeo. True, but you know, I wanted to be a good rodeo. I guess that's a bad analogy. I mean, ideally, but I'm gonna you want to be the it. only rodeo, right? Uh, ideally, but it's who gonna, knows? If, so you want it to be like a, or no, not a train wreck. Tally's but... in the room while I'm saying all these things. I thought I thought that the bitch thing would get a reaction, but it didn't. You want one really good rodeo, like one, one rodeo solid that's like, rodeo. Man, we don't need any more rodeos. Anyway, so I've got a pretty specific idea of what I'm looking for, and I go in. I've been to a bunch of jewelry stores now. And the experience has ranged from mediocre to terrible, frankly. Like, one that I went to today, like, I gave them my budget. They asked me what my actual budget was. And then tried to get me to go above and beyond their already inflated idea of what my budget was. 
And like, I'm not chintzing out on it. Is, well, hold on. Is that some kind of racist thing? Did I just use a racial thing? Possibly. I think I did. But I mean, I didn't mean to. You know, that's you know something I mean? that's probably been so ingrained. In, like, we don't. Just, just say sorry. I don't even know what it means. Yeah. S- sorry, sorry to eh? somebody. If they're if that is offensive to someone, we we retract it. Anyway, my point here is this: I can go online and more or less find exactly what I'm looking for and buy it and have it shipped. And if it needs to be resized, like buy a size or two, I know that I'm pretty safe in doing that. If you have a very specific idea of what you're looking for in the '90s, there is no internet, especially in the first half of the decade. And chances are. You're not going on eBay to buy a ring in in the late not 90s. In the 90s, yeah, right? that's probably a good way to get So, scammed. like how did you do it? Did you just have to keep driving around like if, especially if you're looking for something vintage, which in this case I am, did you just drive around the universe hoping that you could find that perfect ring and then hoping that it was in a close enough size that you could make it work? That seems like a lot of work to me. I think you just probably went to like the diamond store, the jewelry store and just pop down three months salary and be like fuck uh, you i need to do this i've seen the office it's three years salary i'm my budget is three months salary oh yeah how much salary do you think you can eat in three months like 50 bucks maybe i like this 50 bucks can get you something all right that's a that'd pop a solid g that's a dozen ring pops Ooh, ring pops she gonna get spoiled we got the cherry and bl- I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Oh, what about those Flintstones push pops? Do you remember those? Anyway, so the moral of the story here is that things were more difficult to do in the 90s. But in this case, for something very specific like this, I honestly don't know. Did you just settle for an engagement ring? Did you find one that was close enough? And okay, that's it. I think you, you might have had to have. I think that's what... Well. I think the the stakes, the bar was lower in the 90s. Mm. You just you just get a ring, that's a thing, or you get one handed down from a family member or, or something like that. Uh, whereas nowadays, like, I think, like, we've been spoiled from internet shares and, and Reddit posts of, like, DIY, uh, you know, hand-carved, casted, using, like, my own blood, or, you, like... There's just so many neat ideas. This just got custom... weird. Have you seen? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen like one wedding, one wedding ring where it's like you know they take a drop of blood, um, from like the bride and groom and like put it in the metal that they use to cast the ring. So it's it's kind of neat. Like we've been spoiled on these custom rings. This is a millennial thing. This is oh, it this is... isn't even a millennial thing. This is a millennial thing. Well, I mean, they're all millennial things, but like wanting something that isn't just you know, your basic jewelry store diamond ring, which I think is a good thing because fuck the diamond industry. Agreed. For the record, no diamonds. There's not a diamond in this ring. Soon to be ring? It doesn't exist yet. Theoretical ring, I guess. Anyway, yeah. So that's that's a thing. It's getting real. That is a thing. I think on behalf of all our listeners, I just, I've already said this, but congratulations. Thank you. And you know what's one thing that is uniquely 90s? The wedding episode. Oh, the wedding episode is a thing. We'll get to that for yeah. sure. Also, sidebar, if any of you are finding out about this through the podcast and not from me directly, let me know. I just I want to know about that. I'm not even apologizing. I just want you to let me know that that happened. Do any of our friends still listen to this? Not a chance. Okay, you're, you're good. Yeah. Anywho. That's, uh, yeah. That's oh, good stuff. We have a sponsor. We do. This week... 
we bring you something uh, kind of neat from a longtime listener of the podcast. Uh, I would say a longtime, longtime supporter of the podcast. And previous sponsor, round yeah. two. Uh, so Lyle from the Amazing Advertising Podcast has actually started up a new podcast. So I'll just read you the blurb he gave us that I've pieced together here. The new podcast is called The Halloween Podcast, and I'll be doing one Halloween-themed show every day in the month of October. That is a lot of episodes. That is a podcast marathon. That's nutty. Since stores are already putting up Halloween decorations and stuff, I decided to do a pre-Halloween show thing and release those on the feed already. We discuss horror movies, Halloween-themed sitcom episodes, horror video games, Halloween history, and I have people on to share uh, their personal paranormal experiences and more. So the show really begins on October 1st, and I'm releasing, again, a new show every day. As of right now, I have a few of those pre-Halloween episodes up and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your fine podcasts. And that's a really neat thing. I think, I don't know for like, uh, I feel like, our listeners of the podcast might be able to resonate with this because Halloween to me is something that just continually feels nostalgic. It doesn't matter that it's 2017, just that air, just even the air on Halloween. I don't know if it's the leaves, if it's the little candles inside of the pumpkins, something just feels almost magical on Halloween and having a podcast every day, that is 31 podcasts, not, not counting his pre-shows. That is... That's a lot of commitment, at the very least. That is a lot least. of commitment, like, and I'll probably be checking that out. Good on you, Lyle, because I am not willing to record a podcast every day. Yeah, it's just not feasible. It's a us. lot of work, you guys. Yeah. Uh, have you given any thought to your Halloween costume? Absolutely not. All right. More on that maybe next month. Maybe. The maybe. problem is all of my ideas are inappropriate. Like last year, I wanted to be SpongeBob Marley and like do a Bob Marley and SpongeBob mashup. But now that's cultural appropriation because sponges are people too. Ah, yeah. Uh, don't don't actually, get started on Patrick. Actually, though, yeah, it's like you can't do that. Yeah, I wanted to be Taylor Swift's long list of ex lovers, but I figured even by last year that wasn't particularly relevant anymore. No. Yeah. Old news. It was. So I'm not sure. Uh, but Halloween. It's a great thing. So check out Lyle's podcast wherever you find your podcast, wherever you find us. Yeah, really cool stuff. So as always, you can find us online at stuckinthe90spodcast.com. We are on Instagram and on Twitter at, uh, or sorry, on Instagram and Facebook at Stuck in the 90s Podcast. Our Twitter is SIT90s. Keep an eye out on our feed because yesterday I saw five-star binders on display and what? I took a picture. They are still real. I still have some kind of... Maybe a five-star binder somewhere. Somewhere. Um, yeah, I think I do too, actually. So I'll I'll upload that. But we're we're getting there on the social media. We're getting there. We're coming back. Yeah, we've got you know, summer. Summer game. is ending. Our indoor game is getting strong. Yeah, outside. I like outside, but man, it it's already getting a little chilly. Barbecue I wore a sweater today. Barbecue season is almost done, friends. You shut your mouth. I still need to cook like one really good steak. Um, but, 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 I think I that's it. Next next week, next week we do another week in the '90s. You know how this goes by now. Yeah, and again, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, sorry to spring it on you, but yes, we did make a book full of dicks. Check it out. This isn't necessary. dot com. Right, that's a good plug. Yeah. Um, Buy our wares. Oh, you can get it on Amazon too. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like we're fizzling out. Yeah, Let's, for sure. Uh, for now, the, the podcast, podcast is, is now over. over.